What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It is David and Isaac. We are here post-game. Memphis Grizzlies lose our fourth game in a row. Final score, 119-97. And, man, I, I'm past the point of just straight-up crapping on this team for the rest of the season until Morant comes back. Injuries are an issue, but there are things that are much larger than injuries. You watch this game tonight. If you watch this game at all, and you can look at me with a straight face and tell me that these guys were given maximum effort, I'm going to ask you what you were smoking. Because it just it wasn't there. They did not look like they wanted to be out there tonight. I saw a clip right before we got on here. Uh, somebody recorded from the stands, and you can hear Marcus Smart during a timeout. And I couldn't make out everything that he was saying, but he was talking to his teammates and he was saying how it was embarrassing. And this performance tonight is one of many that have been that way throughout the season. Isaac, did you feel like they gave Max effort tonight? No, man. I think, I think you could just tell uh, body language. I think even subconsciously, once you, once you kind of get your ass kicked so much, you just kind of, I think at times go out there and go through the motions. I think, Psychologically, I don't think they they've gotten to the point now where they probably don't even feel like they can win, especially against certain teams. Uh, we know the Minnesota Timberwolves have been at the top of the West uh, this season, playing good basketball, and I think subconsciously they just kind of go out there and probably don't feel like they can win these games uh, because we saw some games where they played really hard earlier in the season, but there have been some games, and tonight was one of them, where it just seemed like they didn't give a lot of effort. And, and I'm with you, man. I, I hate to come on here and continue to to talk negative about this team because it, it is what it is. I mean, they're definitely shorthanded. They still have two guys in Desmond Bay and Jaron Jackson Jr. where you don't think they should be this bad. Um, and, and that's the the issue right now because they're going to struggle. Uh, when, when you're missing guys like John Moran, Stephen Adams off your roster, you're going to have some struggles. But they shouldn't be as bad as they are. And I think that lets you know that there are underlying issues outside of just the injuries. They're, they're coaching things, rotation things, of course, the injuries. And I think a mindset is kind of set in of, of losing right now. And I, I think even if they go out there, I don't think they necessarily go out there because these guys on this team, there aren't, I don't think there are a lot of quitters on this team. I mean, you see guys like D Rose and Desmond Bain, man, they're going to go out there and give a hundred percent, no matter what. Uh, but I think there are other guys where they're kind of attention ways. I, I think Jaron, He's not a guy that I think that necessarily gives up, but he gets really down on himself. And when he gets down on himself, he kind of, I think the focus, he wanes for him. Like he loses focus on both ends of the floor. And I think that's why we've seen him, even though he had three blocks tonight, his defense hasn't even been on the same level that we used to see him. And I think a lot of that has to do with just you getting blown out. You're just not in that same mindset to go out there and just go all out. And, and I think that's what you're seeing with him on, on sometimes some of his defensive struggles on the floor. So it, it's tough right now, man, just a lot going on. And I don't, I don't think much is going to change until you get John Morant back. Maybe when John Morant comes back, we know the talent that he is, and he's going to infuse some energy and excitement into this team. But I don't think he fixes everything, but I, I definitely think they get a boost. No question when he, when he returns to the lineup. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that he's not going to fix, and this is something that really bothers me about this team you you lose Tyus Jones which was 
Okay, he, he was a good defender, but not an elite defender. You lose Dylan Brooks and you replace him with Marcus Smart, and this defense is middle of the pack. That 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 is something. Yeah, there there are a lot of factors we can talk about the guys that they're missing right now, and obviously Smart is out. But even when Smart was playing, this defense was middle of the pack. Something is wrong, and. You know, there have been a ton of conversations about how much of this should be put on Jenkins or how much he should get a pass because he doesn't have his full complement of players. And that's fair conversation. If you want to talk about the guys that he's missing, Isaac mentioned Ja and Steven Adams. But on top of that, you're missing Ja, you're missing Marcus Smart, you're missing Luke Kennard, you're missing Xavier Tillman. You're that that right there, those guys could be an effective starting lineup. And, and you're missing the what would be rotation players. You're missing those guys. And for some reason, this season, out of any season that he's been coaching, he's gonna shrink his rotation from 10 to 9. Yeah, this ain't the season to do it. This, you, you, you should go, be playing as many guys you can get out there with what's going yeah. on now because guys aren't guys aren't performing. They just aren't. And you at this point, I wouldn't care what your name is. There's no pecking order. There's none of that. With with the position they're in now, you just throw some guys out there. If these guys are throwing, go with some other guys. Like the guys they picked up, uh, Newell, I think, is a player. He's, he averaged 11 points a game last year. I really do think they should give him a chance um, because you got other guys that aren't giving you anything. So play these guys, man. I, this is definitely not the time to shrink your rotation. I 100% agree, man. If any time you could, you could play – I'd play everybody on the roster. If guys are performing, I'm taking you out, sitting you on a bench and putting somebody else in to see if they can give me anything that night. They're just not in a position to just keep rolling with guys that aren't performing. Yeah, and he, you know, Jenkins has been very clear that he wants to empower his players and he wants the players to have confidence and know that he has confidence in them. But you're 3 and 13, bro. <laughs> you're 3 and 13. There's not a single person in that locker room outside of Desmond Bain that has confidence right now. So it doesn't matter how much you're trying to infuse. If you ain't winning games, you can't infuse a damn thing. And yeah, definitely not. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just so it's everything is frustrating right now, man. It's hard to watch the, the basketball is just so bad. We were to, to talking to each other about during the game, man. It's just hard to watch because guys, it's just, everything is wrong. The defensive rotations are bad. The offense is bad. There's just like nothing positive you can point to. The only positive that I think tonight that you can point to, Bain always goes out there and plays hard. I, I think it's clear. He even said after the last game against Phoenix, he's not 100%. I still don't think he was 100% tonight. Um, only 13 points. We've seen the type of performances he's been putting up. And ever since he kind of got banged up with that ankle, struggled against Phoenix. And tonight wasn't a a great game for him either. Uh, 13 points, still had 13 points, four assists, uh, did go three of nine from three. Um, you saw off the bench, uh, I, I think an experienced performance from Zaire tonight, um, especially late in the game. I guess you could, a lot of people say, oh, well, that's garbage time, but he did some nice things. Hit, hit a couple threes, uh, was aggressive. Their lady ended up with 11 points. I think D. Rose off the bench. He, he, D. Rose, when he's shown you when he's, when he's healthy and, and you give him minutes off the bench, he can produce 12 points tonight. And that, that jumper's money. Like when he pulls up for the kind of that mid-range jumper, I expect it to go in. Um, and he he still has that burst every now and then. And Bobas get to the basket. The only thing with him is you just don't know when he's going to be available. 
Um, and, and David has kind of talked about you've kind of talked about this on here before. When you lose Tyus Jones, I, I think and 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 I talked about this as well. I think they thought Marcus Mark could be that guy to kind of be a quasi backup point guard, even though he's probably going to start at the shooting guard as well. I, I think if Derrick Rose was a guy that you knew was going to be there night in and night out, you'd be fine. But that just hasn't been the case with him over the last several years. And there's really no expectations to think that's going to be the case. And even more so with this organization, kind of the way they handle things. I don't, there's just not, you're not going to be able to rely on him night in and night out to be your backup point guard and not having a backup point guard is an issue. I mean, out of all the positions on the floor, even with a guy like John Morant, you need somebody else that can come in that can be good enough to, to run the offense in an acceptable manner. And when he's down, I mean, you have Gilliard, but he's so undersized that he caused you problems on the defensive end. It's just the, the, the makeup of the roster is just flawed. Even without the injuries, it's just that it's just not – they don't have the pieces, the right pieces, I don't think, together to fit to make this a championship team. I think they could be really good, but I think there needs to be some tweaks on this roster to kind of get where they need to go. Even at full strength, I think they're still – we've talked about this roster being flawed year to year out. Um, and I think even even so now, if they were healthy, even with the guys that are on the roster now, I think there would still be some issues that would need to be addressed. So let's – I'm going to try and be optimistic here, man. The guys it's, it's that they, right now. the guys that they moved, Tyus Jones, Dylan Brooks, and and going back even further than that, DeAnthony Melton, Kyle Anderson, Jonas Valanciunas, they're making those moves. Those guys are floor guys, right? You you keep JV on this team, and you don't go out and you get you don't go get Stephen Adams. Well, then you're going to be a playoff team every year with him on this roster because that gives you a solid foundation at the, as a big man. But the problem is you're probably not winning a championship with him. And you can go down the no. list of the, you know, Kyle Anderson raises the, the floor of the team, but does he raise the ceiling of the team? And nobody that they got rid of raised the ceiling of this team. And you, you can disagree with that if you want to, but, what did this team achieve with those guys on the roster? They got put out in the second round. That's as far as they made it. And so you go out and you make moves in hopes that they're going to raise the ceilings. Sometimes you miss, but we don't even know for sure what's a hit or a miss because we haven't seen anybody play together yet. We don't know. I saw a conversation uh, the other day about how they just need to package Marcus Smart together with some of these younger wings and picks and go out and get somebody different because the Grizzlies don't need Marcus smart. And it's like, you don't even know that he hasn't even played side by side with Jai yet to see what that's going to look like. If you don't like Marcus smart and you don't like his fit for the team, that's fine. You can do that. But to say that he doesn't fit on this roster, that this team doesn't need him is just wrong. You have no idea how well this is going to work or not going to work because we haven't seen the full complement of players yet. Man, I, I'm going to push back on, on that a little bit because I, I agree with the, the general premise of what you're saying, that those guys didn't raise the ceiling of the team, but I don't think the moves that they made 
got them any further than where they already were. I, I honestly, I think they probably taken a step back. And, and I've talked about this a lot. The the summer where they drafted Laravia and Roddy and got rid of Melton and Kyle Anderson, I think that was a step down. And, and I think it's proven to this point that that's, that's a step down. And I love Marcus Smart in a vacuum as a player, but I always, I did have questions. You, you know, when we were on here, when they acquired him, I did have some questions about his fit on the roster. They definitely need him because right now, I mean, they don't, they're playing guys. They have way too many guys right now that they're putting forcing the port punch above their weight class. Like these guys, and some of these guys that are playing, if they were in their right positions, the kind of same concept we saw with John Contrar last year, if they're in their right positions, they can help you. They're just, being asked to do more than they're capable of right now. But with, with Marcus Smart, I think they, what they, the vision that they had for him when they brought him in, I think they're putting too much on him because I think they wanted him to be the star shooting guard. They want him to be the best perimeter defender. They also want him to be the back backup point guard. And I just don't, they, I, I, they're asking him to wear too many hats and I don't know if he can fill that void. And I, and I still worry about, it. I know people say, oh, well, the height doesn't matter. I, I still feel like, having an extra two or three inches that Dylan Brooks has over him, I still think that matters some. Um, I just think that he's – you have him to do too much. Like, if you want him to be on ball, you also want him to be this perimeter stopper against everybody, like the best shooting guard, the best ball forward, possibly even the best ball ball forward, and you're just asking him to do a lot. I still think even when they brought him in, they still needed to go in and bring in another – wing player, a bigger wing player on his team. And I, I know they wanted to, to see what they had in Zaire and Jake LaRavia and keep seeing what's going to happen with Roddy. But I just think it was a mistake. Like, I, I hadn't seen enough from those guys. Seeing what we saw from Zaire last year, I, I just think it was a mistake in not being more aggressive in that vein. I think backup point guard is kind of an issue, and he's another big. We talked about all of those. And I, I just think they rely too much on – what they already had on the roster. And I think they need to improve more than they have. Um, I think they overplayed their hand and you kind of have a roster that you stuck with. And then when you have all the injuries on top of it, it just makes it even worse. Uh, it, it just makes it even more glaring. Maybe if you had John Morant, Steven Adams, we probably wouldn't be talking about this as much, but now that those guys are out and uh, you have Marcus Smart out, you just kind of seeing how flawed this roster is. It makes it even more glaring when you have those kind of players like that in, it kind of, Covers a lot of that up, but now we're just seeing it in, in broad daylight, man, and it's just tough to see. I, I had these these questions anyway, but I think a lot of people didn't even see this stuff because you have a, a generational, generational talent like Ja. He covers up a lot of that stuff. A lot of the flaws of the roster, you have a superstar player, they can cover that up, and now it's just kind of glaring, and I, I think it just shows that this front office, they've done a lot of great things, but I think they've also – messed up some stuff here over the last couple of years as well. They've had, had some missteps. I don't think there's any question about it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You you can point out a ton of stuff that they have missed on. And, and it's tough because as a Grizzlies fan, we watched as Kleiman was putting this team together and we saw so many things work out. The Desmond Bain pick – you know, uh, trading back in to get Brandon Clark where they got him. Over and over again, we watched him hit on things. And now there are some bumps in the road and, and it's, it's tough to watch. It's really, really tough to watch. And it's like, okay, did he really hit on all of this? Or 
was this just them overachieving? Yeah, and and that's kind of what what I've said. Um, uh, over time, I think a lot of it. They had a lot of luck. Obviously, they stepped in. To, you get the number two pick. You get John Morant. That's monumental. I mean, to have that as your building block to start with. That you can, if you get a job on rent, man, you can make a lot of things look good. Um, if you get a number two pick and get a generational talent like that, um, and get Desmond Bain, get Santi Aldama, but since then, man, it, it's been a struggle. Um, and I, I just feel like they got cocky because things went so well early, like you said, that they felt like, okay, man, we can do this every year. We don't, we have these veteran players, it's time for them to get paid. We don't have to pay these guys. Our draft record and history is so good. We can just draft guys here, bottom of the first round, and keep rolling. And you're not going to hit on those guys at the bottom of the first round every time. You're not going to get a, a Desmond Bain or Santi Aldama every time you draft 20 through 30. It's just not going to happen. I don't care how good you are. You just not, you're not some draft. They don't even have talents in that range that turn out to be guys like Desmond Bain. It's just not going to happen every year. And I think I think they kind of felt like everything we've done turns to gold. So that's going to continue to happen. And that's just not how it works. Something that, that has me. I'm I'm not even going to say concerned at this point because of the situation that the roster is in, but I'm going to watch this as the team starts to get healthy is the offense they, they bring in this offensive guru from the buck staff after Mike Boonholzer gets fired and he's supposed to come in and revamp this offense and make them more efficient in the half court. And the, the problem is they had no identity. What the fuck is this offense doing? <laughs> like, excuse my French. I, I like, I shouldn't have said it like that, but, but, but what are they doing? You know, the last few years they would outpace teams and now they're like, um, hold on. I can, I've got it pulled up here. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just a bunch of just, and they're just out there. Like you, yeah. you don't see any There's, offensive scheme. The movement's not good. It's just Desmond Bain gets the ball and just tries to make something happen. It's just there's no action. Like I mean, the guys are standing around watching. And, and I agree with you. They brought in uh, St. Patrick. That's that's his last name. If you get his last name, St. Patrick to <laughs> no, it's to kind of what is it? St. Andrews. St. Yeah, St. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah. St. Andrews. I'm gonna <laughs> mix it up there. Uh, thinking about power, but anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, he comes in, it's supposed to be the offensive guru, and things are worse than they were. <laughs> I mean, you expect him to come in and improve things. The half-court offense has been their bugaboo, so to speak, for the for the last several years, and you think he's going to come in and change things, and it's it's gone south. I, I know the injuries are there, and that puts a damper on things, but they have enough talent for you to be able to see some semblance of an offense, and you don't see that right now. They're just kind of out there, and whatever happens, happens. If they end up with a basket, they do, and but there's no no movement. You don't see any cohesion out there on the offensive end, man. It's it is painful to watch at times. Like I'm watching this, it's like pulling teeth, trying to watch what's going on with this team right now. And that's that's on both ends of the floor. Um, I mean, it's you're not even seeing, like I said, the requisite defense that we're used to seeing from Jaron. We're not getting defensive player of the year level Jaron out there. And again, I think that goes back to probably just mental focus. Uh, they're getting beat so much to the point to where he's just not locked in that way because in order to play the defense the way that we've seen him play sorry to get off topic here you just you have to be locked in and I just don't think the he's locked in at that level with what's going on you can only lose so much to mentally you're just not going to be there the same way you were and I think that's kind of what they've fallen into now I'm hoping Ja coming back 
instill some energy into them, but they because they just don't have it right now. And it, it that's something that from this team, even when they've struggled in the past, you you saw the effort, you saw the energy, and they've even lost that right now. It's just a bunch of guys they're just out there going through the motions. I mean, that's definitely yeah. what you saw out there tonight, man. And I, you hate to see it. They're shooting more threes than last year, and maybe that is by design, but are the quality of the threes that they're getting any better than than what they were getting? I, and right now I'd say the answer to that is no. And some of that, again, I, I don't want to keep beating the dead horse about it being like the, the injuries being there, and that's why I said I'm going to watch it moving forward. Right now, I'm a little bit worried about it because I, I don't think that he has come in. And, and I know when you implement a new offense, there's going to be – it's going to take some time to learn it. And because they haven't had the full complement of players, I don't know that everybody's gotten it down yet. So maybe that is the issue. Maybe nine more games, John Moran is coming back. We are less than a month away from John Moran playing basketball for the Grizzlies. Maybe when he comes back, we start to see this vision of what the offense should be. But right now, it is worse than dirt. <laughs> it's it's awful. I think they're they're twenty eighth in the league in in offensive rating right now, and and I don't even know how they're they're twenty eighth in the league three and thirteen. They're uh, only a game better than the worst record in basketball right now. And with the amount of talent that's on this team, that's just wild to me. That mm. there's no reason that they should be three and 13 right now, but here we are. Yeah. I mean, when, when you have a, got two guys at the level of Bain and Jerry Jackson jr. I don't care how bad the rest of your roster is. You shouldn't be three and 13. Like they're not three and 13 bad. Like that's, I don't, I don't even know how to point up. Like you said, they're game off of being the worst team in the league. That just shouldn't be the case with, with two all-star level players. I don't care who you have around them. You can blame it on injuries and people, want to say that's all it is, it's just not. That's just not true. There's more going on here than just the injuries. Yes, the injuries are bad. Like, you look down that injury report, it's like a a chapter. Like, you're reading a chapter of a book, reading that injury report. But you still have two very high-level players um, on your team. Though you should have more than three wins. Like, this team has lost to Utah twice. They have won to Portland. <laughs> Portland uh, lost to Portland. I mean, that just shouldn't, shouldn't be happening. Uh, they have a game coming up against Utah on Wednesday night. That's their next home game. And if they don't win that one, man, I I don't know. I, I still see people talking about 10 wins before Ja coming back. And I, I'm like, I don't think you can do math. Like, do you realize what they would have to do to get 10 wins before he comes back? It's just not happening, man. It's it's tough. I, I put out yeah. a tweet the other day, and I was thinking, okay, could they get to seven? I think it's, if they could get to, to seven and – what would that be, seven and 18? Yeah. Yeah, I'm seven not. and 18 – Dude, I think they could five. do something. I don't even. I don't even. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think they can. I don't even think they're gonna get to seven. I think at five at this point would be you're being on the optimistic side because they just they they play bad teams and they they don't beat them. They just don't. They're not. They don't. They don't look like an NBA team right now. And I hate to. That's why I hate to come on here, man. When they're struggling so bad, because I like I hate to come on here and just bash them. But you have to tell the truth about it. They don't look like an NBA team for for big parts of games right now. And it's it's tough. Yeah, I I just can't. the The problem is, and I've seen this on multiple occasions from this team this year. They will have one quarter a game where the other team just runs them off the floor. 
they scored 17 in the second quarter of this game. And that's really like going into the half. It, it was not bad. I think there was, uh, let me pull it back up here. They were down five at the end of the first, and then they were outscored 29 to 17 in the second quarter. How bad do you have to be that you can't score 20 points in the quarter in the NBA, man? I think the second quarter has been their bugaboo all year, if I'm not mistaken. I think they've struggled for some reason in the second quarter. It's kind of they've competed in the first quarter most games, and then they're close at the end of the first, and by halftime they're getting blown out. That's kind of been a theme with with them. And and you'll see spurts. Like they'll go on these runs. Like in the Phoenix game, they had several times where they look pretty good for two or three minutes, and then they'll completely go in the tank for five or six minutes. And the next thing you know, they'll cut it to five or six. Next thing you know, they're down 20 again. Then they get it back down to eight or nine. Then they're down twenty again. That's that's kind of what we see. They can't they can't create consistent offense. It's, it's the biggest issue, and that puts too much pressure on their defense. Like at some point, you got to score. You can't have these long scoring drives. I don't care what you're doing on the defensive end. You could be the best defensive team in the league, but if you're never scoring, at some point the other team's gonna score. I don't care how good you are defensively. You gotta gotta get consistent offense, and they haven't haven't been able to do that all year. They have spurts where 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 they have a little run, and then they may, they might go four or five minutes without a basket, and that's just you can't do that in the NBA. These teams are too good offensively now, and ninety-seven points is just not going to cut it, man. I mean, you got Minnesota scoring one hundred nineteen tonight. You got to score more than ninety-seven points. I mean, this ain't this ain't two thousand one. Like ninety-seven ain't going to cut it, man. So it's it, it is what it is, man. I, like I said, I I hate to be, be super negative, but there's just not a lot of positive things you can say right now. Yeah, man, I'm. I think I'm just gonna wrap it up. I, you know, like I say, it, it's really tough to get on here and, and and discuss it. If there was a glimmer of hope, if there was something to hold on to, watching these games, it would make it easier to create content. But I know, as a listener to a to many a podcast, if somebody's negative all the time, I don't want to listen to them. I don't. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, like as us recording this podcast, we don't want to come in here and just crap on <laughs> this team all the time. But you, you can't make lemonade out of a pile of crap. That's not how it works. I mean, you can't, can't do it, man. It, with people, when people listen to podcasts and, and and stuff like that, they want an escape. They want to want to hear some positivity, and it's just hard to do, man, right now, especially when you're you're doing it consistently. Like when you put pumping out content, it's just not a lot of positives. I think Desmond Bain has been a really bright spot for this team. I think coming into the season, we felt like he was going to take a another step, despite the last two games. I do think he's a little bit banged up. He's been fantastic. I think even more than what you can ask. He's looked like, and Candace said this the other night, an all-NBA level player, not just an all-star. So I think that's big. Um, you you think about what that's going to look like if he can get back to that and have that on the court with John Morant, um, how dangerous those two could be in the backcourt. Uh, I think Jared Jackson Jr., I, I think his game is going to go to another level when Ja comes back. And it's not that him and Ja have really gotten the two-man game down. I just think – John, the team being better overall is going to help him. I think them winning games is going to motivate him more on the defensive end. I think you're going to see a lot of that return. So I think those are kind of some of the positives, man. We just got to got to weather the storm, man. Nine more games. Or is, it, is it eight now? Nine, eight? Nine. Ooh, not, what are we at? Three and 13? Yeah. Nine more games? Yeah, Tony Allen games away from um, John Morant t- returning. So just, just got to weather the storm to the end, man. I think he'll infuse the injury into this team. I still think I still don't think they're going to be a championship level team when he comes back, barring them going out and make some moves. But getting him back 
get Marcus Smart back, get Luke Kennard back, get Xavier Tillman back. This team is going to be better than they are right now. So that's that's the positive we can look for, man. They're going to be better than three and thirteen. So yeah, just got to hang on to them, man. Hope 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 they can find a way to 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 tack on three three or four more here. I think that's going to be tough, but that's that's the, the idea, man. If they can get the five or six wins, man, and just just see what happens. Um, it could make the the the, the rest of the season fun. Uh, trying to trying to stay in their race, trying to make it in their play in. Uh, that that could, I think, build some momentum with this team and. This is the type of team, if this team gets in the, the play in, if they're healthy, this team could be dangerous. I'm not saying that they're going to go out and win a championship, but they're definitely not going to be a team that the, the other the opposing team on their play in line is going to want to see. I'll definitely tell you that right now. Yeah, I'm like complete transparency heading into this season. Uh, you know, th- there was definitely uncertainty with Steven Adams, but when when he played in that preseason game, I'm like, okay, Adams is going to play. If Adams is playing, yeah, man, he looks good. Team, yeah, that, that's so looking, weird, man. <laughs> you're looking at okay, this team has got some guys. I think that they're going to go and they're going to be competitive and they're going to be a championship caliber team. And then since then, like everything has fallen apart. I was going to say the wheels fell off, but we're past that. I'm pretty sure the doors and everything are gone. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's just just been, up been a fender rough. Left. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Sitting there in a in a Flintstone mobile with no wheels on. <laughs> we, we appreciate yeah, man, you guys tuning tough. in. We we I will say this this is a bright spot for me this season. I feel like the GG Jackson pick is gonna be another one of those picks where Kleiman done very well drafting. Yeah. And I'm I'm Definitely not agree gonna, with that. You're, you're not gonna see me campaigning for GG Jackson minutes. I want him to keep doing what he's doing in the G League, stay down there, build the confidence, work on his game, and come back to this team next year when it's healthy, when the environment is right, where he can come up here and he can flourish and not come up here and get more put on him than what should be this early in his career. Yeah, I, I just, that's the thing. I just hope that they develop him the right way. I hope they don't mess him up, try to make him be something that he's not because – we talked about this during the draft process, man. He he has the potential, the the one on one scoring ability, and the potential that he has there is just off the charts. Um, and the size that he has as a shooter, the high release on his shot, he has a big time potential, man. I just hope they don't try to take that away from him and fit him fit him into a box like we've seen him kind of do with some players in the past, man. I just hope that's not the case, man. Let him let him cook down there in the G League. Let him play his game and. Don't try to change it, man. So shout out to GG. I definitely agree. I think that's another common pick. Uh, you know, our guy Rafael Barlow. I talked to him the other day. He said people didn't believe him. He he said during that draft process that he believed that GG had went back to South Carolina this year. He had a chance to be the number one pick, and I don't, I don't definitely don't disagree with that. You look at that draft board. This might be one of the worst. I know people say this all the time, but this might be one of the worst drafts in a long time. Like you look at the top of that draft, and I I, I know some of these guys and. I mean, Ron Holland is like the projected number one pick right now. And I watched him throughout high school. I covered him because Memphis was recruiting him. He's a good player, man. But I number one pick good. Like, I don't I don't know about that, man. But it, but anyways, man, yeah, man, that's that that's definitely a positive. I, I think Gigi is going to be a player for this team. This team's been looking for that quote unquote big wing for for a long time. And I, I definitely think he could be that guy down there in the oven, man. So let him cook down there in South Haven. 
So we'll get out of here. You can get uh, Candace on Twitter or X, however, whatever you want to refer to it as at Candace H901. She'll be back with us on our next show. I'm at NBA D will one. The show is at ethos Grizzlies. Isaac's going to let you know where to find him and get us out of here. Yeah. You can find me on the X app at Isaac double underscore NBA. I S A A C double underscore NBA. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, Try to stay positive, man. Just, just keep moving. As I said, they got a, a third matchup uh, with the Utah Jazz on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. tip at FedEx Forum. Hopefully, third time is the charm. You don't want to lose to that team three times. I, I got a feeling they get that elusive first win on the home floor on Wednesday night, man. So just stay positive, man. Everybody stay safe out there. Hope everyone had a happy holiday. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday night. Until then, we're gone.